Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2 and verse number 12, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn on the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Don't that sound like a good God? I mean, think about this. He is gracious, merciful, slow to anger. I may be glad he's slow to anger. And of great kindness, not just a little bit of kindness. It's one thing if we just say God is kind, but he's of great kindness, okay? And, and the Bible says in verse number 14, who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. And I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen, but I will remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea and with his hinder part toward the utmost sea. And his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath, he hath done great things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring for the tree beareth her fruit the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength be glad then ye children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month and the floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil and I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm and my great army which I sent among you and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed and ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your 
your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned in the darkness and the moon in the blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in the Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath saith and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Oswald J. Smith wrote a book entitled The Endowment of Power. And in this book he gives what he tries to encourage the reader with is what he believes is a definite promise. And it's the promise that God wants to bring revival, but He's just waiting for us to lay hold on it. And if we consider what He's saying, that God promises revival. Now, I don't know until I read that, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say God promises revival. We've often said we want revival, we got to pray, we got to do all the... But, but the fact that God promises revival. I don't believe I've ever heard that, but I believe tonight if we consider the writing of the prophet Joel, I don't doubt that all of us will come away tonight believing what he said. Now, we don't know much about the prophet Joel. We just have a very few personal details in his writing. The Bible says that he is identified as the son of Pethuel, I believe is how you pronounce that right anyway. And he preaches, Joel preaches to the people of Judah. And he expresses a great deal of interest in the city of Jerusalem. He appears to be very familiar with the priestly office and with the temple itself. And so we believe he likely either lived in Jerusalem or he lived somewhere close by. But during the time when Joel lived, God's people were in trouble. They were under constant threat of their enemies they had experienced, if you read chapter 1, you will find that God's people were, were or had rather just gone through a very severe drought, a time of no rain. And then the Bible says there was this terrible infestation of locusts that came in and ate all of their crops up. And so they were in a famine because of that. Their land was just literally in ruins and the people were in despair. And the prophet Joel knew something. He knew that this was God's hand of chastisement upon his people because Judah had become complacent and they had become apathetic. And their religion, though they had the temple, though they had the sacrifices, though they had the, the law, though they had the word and all these other things, their religion was not much more than skin deep. And so Joel is revealing in his writing that God is tilling up the ground. He's tilling up the fallow ground of their hearts. And the prophet uses these recent tragedies, the famine, the 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 locusts and all these things to dispense to the people that this is a message of God's judgment upon them in the hopes that when they understand God is judging them that they will turn back to God in repentance. 
Can I tell you that today I believe that the church is bogged down in a very similar situation that what Joel found. Now, because we understand, like Joel, you, you talked about, we read about the northern enemy that they had. These were the Assyrians coming against the northern kingdom who would also later threaten the southern kingdom of Judah. And just like, just like Judah and Israel, we have enemies all around us, don't us. The Bible teaches us that we wrestle against principalities, that we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. We re- wrestle against powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and making things even more dire to the situation is the fact that God's people seem to be mired in their own complacency and apathy. Let's be honest tonight. Do you ever struggle with feeling complacent? Do you ever personally struggle with a sense of apathy? Is your religion more than just skin deep? See, tonight we read that God's man was sounding an alarm. He calls his nation to mourn, the Bible says. He said, said, call a fast and weep and mourn over these things. God is calling his nation to mourn their condition, but also change their ways. And when they do, God promises to unleash a powerful revival. Can I tell you that I believe that that is still true today. I believe God is using the challenges of our day right now to bring about an opportunity to fulfill the promise, the promise of revival. Oh, listen, friends, we were real apathetic about going to church until the government said we couldn't have it anymore. And then all of a sudden, man, we were dying to get in the building. (laughs) And listen, that was the way it was. I remember in September of 2001 when the Twin Towers were struck, when the Pentagon was struck, when the plane went down in Shanksville and, 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 and the nation seemed to come to Everybody wanted to go to church when we were in danger, when we seemed like we were attacked. We all wanted to go to church. We all wanted to get close to God. But then the world, our nation, and Christians became complacent. We became apathetic, and church became a commodity anymore. Our service to God became just skin deep, and it didn't mean a whole lot to us anymore. But just like God, He's calling Judah to repentance over that. Tonight, God is doing the same thing for us. He has promised revival. He has promised a move of his Holy Spirit. And it's not just a little thing. It's a life-shattering revival. It's an earth-shattering event. And listen, God promises us that if we will turn to him. And tonight, I want to preach on the promise of revival. The promise of revival. You say, well, preacher, what? how do we have to have this revival? How do we get this revival then if God has promised it? One, it will come when there's a genuine repentance. It will come when there is a genuine repentance. Notice with me verse number, uh, let me get to it right here, verse number 12, okay? God says, therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, mourning, rend your heart and not your garments and turn to the Lord your God. 
Listen, rend your heart and not your garments. In the Jewish culture, a rending of the garment was a signet. It was a picture of a, of a torn, broken heart, okay? Just as the garment was broken, that was a signature that the heart was broken. When someone, you remember when Job and his family was struck down and all the problems Job had, he, he falls and he rends his garments, okay? Time and time again, you see in the scripture the rending of the garments. But God is saying, listen, that's just an outward show. I want something that's inward to happen. And friend, can I tell you something tonight? God is not so much interested in the show we put on. God is interested in the person we are. God is interested in the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. And God says, if you want revival, if you truly want an earth-shattering, life-changing event, then you must turn to me not in a show of repentance, but in a genuine repentance. That's what God is desiring tonight. Uh, and can I tell you something? That's the way revival happens. Amen. Revival happens when God's people have a genuine repentant heart. Amen. Repent, God would say. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 15, for thus saith, or chapter 57, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. What does it take then to bring revival? What does it take for God to fulfill his promise? of revival it takes a contrite heart and a humble spirit not a rending, not a show, not a, not, a, not, a, not, a, not a show of the flesh. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 that bodily exercise profiteth little. A show of the flesh doesn't profit much of anything, God says. But godliness, he says, godliness is what turns us in. Godliness is what God brings his revival. And godliness is profitable unto all things. And think about how good God has been to us. He said there in verse number 13 that he is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and he is of great kindness. I've said this I think before here, but God is the God of the superlatives. He could have said that God is kind, but he said no, God is of great kindness. He could have said in John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God loved the world, but no, he said for God so loved the world. You see the superlative nature of God. This Bible is a superlative book. And listen, God hasn't just been good to us, church. God has been so good to us. God hasn't just been kind. God has been greatly kind unto us. And listen, friend, how good has God been to us that we would be complacent, that we would be apathetic. For Paul would write in Romans, do we despise the riches and goodness and forbearance and long-suffering of God? Don't we know that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance to see the fact that I am so wretched in of myself and God is so good should lead me to repentance you didn't even need me to preach after that last song tonight you could have just gave an invitation man 
I mean, man, I done ruined it at this point, all right? I mean, man, Brother Gary could have said, hey, let's all come. I mean, you that want to get saved, come on. I mean, I, I mean, you that want to, I mean, man, alive. Did you hear that song? Uh, did you hear how Rahab the harlot, and did you hear Mary Magdalene whom the demons were cast out of? Did you hear the thief on the cross that was guilty of his sins, but yet they were able to walk in? Listen, friend, that's how good God is. You and I don't deserve anything but we've got a great God and loves us, amen. Oh, listen. And revival, this promise of revival comes with genuine repentance. And all genuine repentance doesn't come until I see me for who I am and I see him for who he is. And friend, listen, that doesn't happen until I put the mirror of the word up. And when I put the mirror of the word up, Brother Kevin, I can see who I am, brother. And I can see my, my mess. And I can see my failures. And I can see my rottenness. You know what I know about me? I'm rotten to the core. <laughs> I am. You ever heard that? I'm just rotten to the core. I'm not worth anything apart from Jesus. People say, well, God must have saw something in me. No, 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 friend. He didn't see. He saw sin in you. <laughs> Listen, but that's what God's grace is. He saw sin, but yet he gave you grace anyway. He who knew no sin was made sin so you could become the righteousness of God in him. Uh, isn't that good? I don't know about you, but that's a good trade. Amen. Isn't God good tonight? Uh, oh, listen, this, this promise of revival, church, it comes with a genuine repentance. Secondly, we see in the text that not only does the promise of revival happen when there's genuine repentance, but it also comes with a gracious restoration. It comes with a gracious restoration. Now, I don't have time to read these texts back to you again, but you'll find this verses 18 through 27. And listen, I'll, let me just show you some things that God says I'll restore. If you come to me with a genuine repentance, let me show you what I'll restore. <laughs> listen, how many of you tonight, <laughs> the devil's robbed you enough, amen? He's taken enough away already, all right? Listen, it's time to go get some of it back. <laughs> Can I just remind you and I tonight, we still do have a sword, amen? We don't always, have to be on the defensive, okay? We can go on offense. We can storm the gates of hell. We can defeat the devil tonight. Greater is he, I don't know how many times I gotta say it, but greater is he that's in us than he that's within the world. And what does God want to restore tonight? I believe God wants to restore provision. I believe he wants to restore provision to us. Look at verses 18 through 19. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied. Oh, how many of you here tonight would say, Preacher, I was a barren land, but when God came on the scene, man, I've been satisfied. <laughs> well, hallelujah to his name. I'm satisfied with Jesus tonight. He said, I'll make you satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. Oh, there's been times in my life when I knew I was bankrupt, spiritually bankrupt, emotionally bankrupt, bankrupt in every way possible. But God came along, praise his name, and he turned it all around. And now I'm a partaker of the riches of God's glory. Oh, listen, he says, I will restore your provision. I just, I just, the pastor, Gary, I just think of this today. I was reading the scriptures and, and I'm a pastor, so I got to read this scripture, okay? Uh, Malachi. 
Here's a, here's a revival killing text, all right? <laughs> Bring you all the ties into the storehouse. <laughs> My God, that'll kill a revival faster. And about the only thing quicker would be a foot washing message, amen? <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing, kill it faster. Bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive. Now listen, I know we preach you need to give your money, you need to give your finances and all that. But here's, here's what I know. Here's what I was, I was just praying, God speaking to me in this, and I'm not going to take it out of context or say something crazy, but you know what a tithe is, don't you? A tithe is a first fruit, okay? It's a first fruit. That's what God says. God says, bring first fruits. Give me what's first, okay? And so basically what you're saying is, is that I'm going to put God first, okay? That's what a tithe is. A tithe is an act of worship that shows, that demonstrates. Now, y'all don't check out on me because I'm preaching on tithes, all right? Come on now. Some of you already starting to check out. Listen, a tithe is an act of worship that shows you are putting God first. Preacher, you could pass a plate right now and get some money, brother, all right? They're going to be scared to death not to give now. Listen, it's a pain. Listen, what God says is that if you will put me first, then I will open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour it out even all the way to Columbus, brother. And listen, you won't even have enough vessels to receive what I'm going to pour out on you if you just put me first. I don't know about you tonight, but I hear a promise coming that God says I've got revival. And what the devil has taken away from some of you. You're going to put me first and I'm going to restore it all. God will restore our provision. God, listen, Matthew 6 and 30, I said last night, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto thee. Oh, listen, not only will provision be restored, but also verse 20, protection is restored. Protection is restored. Oh, friends, you and I have an enemy of our soul. He wants to do us in. He wants to do your family in. He wants to take away your testimony. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to take your future away. He wants to do all these things. But God says, if you will genuinely repent, I'll remove far off from you the northern army and will drive him into a land barren and desolate. Oh, I like that. Judah was living in a land barren and desolate. And he says, if you'll repent and turn to me, I'll take you out of the land and I'll put him where it's barren and desolate. I like that. Let me tell you where the devil's going to end up one day. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. Oh, I was bound for that one day. But Jesus came along, changed my destination. But listen, I've read the end of the book, and I know where he goes. Amen. And God has promised me protection. He has. And he will protect you. If you put him first, he will protect you and God not only promises provision. Brother Bo, this ain't on women tonight, but it's good though, ain't it? <laughs> Amen. Brother Bo asked me last night for a lift. He said, can you do me a favor? Would Brother Bo ask you to do him a favor? You don't say no. <laughs> uh, I said, Brother, I will. What do you want me to do? He said, can you preach on women tomorrow night? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best, all right? <laughs> but listen, <laughs> glory to God. Provision is restored. <laughs> Protection is restored. And I like this. Prospects are restored. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? Look at verse number uh, 25. 
right? He says, and I will restore to you. Oh, I want to go back just a second. They... Before I even get to verse 25, let me look at some verses leading up to this. I know I got to hurry, but man, I could be preaching this time tomorrow on this. Listen, listen. He said in verse number 22, he said, the pastures of the wilderness are springing forth. The tree is bearing the fruit. He said the animals don't even have to worry. Now remember, they just went through serious famine. Serious drought where nothing is growing. And on top of that, the locusts come in and eat everything green up. There's nothing left. But God says the animals don't even have to worry because already, he says, the pastures are springing. Already the tree is bearing fruit. Already the fig tree and the vine is gaining strength. And he says in verse 22, that ought to make you glad, he says, to where you would rejoice in the Lord your God. Oh, and listen, you know, sometimes we say, man, this thing... I've been through. Oh, listen, it has stripped everything away. It has taken everything. But God says, listen, you may not see it yet, but it's already starting to spring back up. I've already started working. I've already got grace on its way. I've already got strength coming and provision coming. Oh, listen tonight. And then on top of that, he says in verse number 23, he says, I've given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, the latter rain, the first. Listen, God says, I'll give you the former rain, I'll give you the latter rain. The former rain was the rains that happened in the fall. The latter rain was the rains that happened early in the spring. All right, they need rain to grow crops. Israel in many, it's a desert area. They need rain to grow crops. But listen, how many of you recognize, I like this. Man, alive, I like this. How many of you recognize, we got a lot of farmers here, I'm sure. I love this area, by the way. Man, I love the flat fields. I love the corn. I love the silos and the farmhouses. I, I tell my wife, this is such a beautiful place. I love this out here. And listen, you know, though, you know whenever you've just got I mean, everything's just barren. If you get too much rain, it washes everything away. And there's no chance anything's going to recover. And God says, if you turn to me, he says, I'll give you just enough that you need. I will give you Amen. the former rains Amen. moderately. Oh, a lot of times we're asking God, pour it out. But he knows, he knows that sometimes he'll pour some, it could wash some things out of us. But oh, listen, God says, I'll give you just the amount you need just when you need it. I don't know about you tonight, but that ought to make a Methodist shout. Amen. Listen, God will give you just what you need just when you need it. Praise his holy name. I'm thankful tonight. I know that God has been my supply. I know God has always been on time. Even when he's four days late, he's still there at the right time. Yeah. Listen tonight. God will restore. And then he says in verse 25, I think it is, he says, I'll restore the years the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillars upon my great army, which I sent unto you. We look back and we say, oh, I can't ever get those days back. Here, I mean, I've wasted a lot of years. 
I've never heard anybody say, Pastor, I wish I'd have never come to Jesus. I wish I'd have never gotten church. Wish I'd have never got, so never heard anybody tell me, but I've had a lot of people tell me, I wish I'd have done a lot sooner. Amen. I wish I'd have found, I wish I'd have met Jesus Amen. a long time ago. Wish I'd have surrendered to him a long time ago. And I've wasted a lot of time. But God has the ability. Praise his holy name. God has the ability. He doesn't wind the clock backwards and give you all that back. But he takes what you have lost and he knows how to take it and put it at the end. Well, hallelujah. Aren't you glad tonight? God says all that the canker worm has eaten, all that the palmer worm has eaten, all that the locusts have eaten, you're looking at it saying it's gone forever. I can't get it back. But he's is you don't know. I'm taking it from the front and I'm putting it in the rear and so you're going to run into it again. I'm thankful tonight. That is what God is able to do. Uh, And listen friends tonight God says I promise you revival but it comes with genuine repentance and it comes with a gracious restoration. Can I give you one more and I'm done? God's promise of revival comes with a glorious reward. It comes with a glorious reward. Here's what he says. Brother Neil, listen, what's the reward? Oh, listen, preacher, if revival comes, then what do I get out of it? How's it going to affect me? What's going to be better, number one? Oh, listen, friend, revival comes with the presence of God. Revival comes with the presence of God. Verse number 28, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I'm sitting here reading this going, I believe I've heard that somewhere before. (laughs) I believe it was in Acts chapter 2. I believe it was a fellow by the name of Peter that preached this. And they, they would come out of the upper room, 120 of them, and they come out just full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't you believe we just need some men tonight full of the Holy Ghost? Amen. And listen, they come out of that upper room full of the Holy Ghost, and they begin to preach unlike anybody except Jesus had preached before. And all them people on the day of Pentecost had gathered in Jerusalem said, these men are drunk. Look at them acting crazy. And listen, they might have said they look like that Sand Hill bunch out there. Who in the world are they and what are they doing? Peter said, these men are not drunk as ye suppose. He said, you know what's happening? He said, God is fulfilling what he had given to the prophet Joel. Oh, listen, Israel had lived a long time without the presence of God. But on that day of Pentecost, revival came and the presence of God came. Jesus had been in their midst and now he had gone away. But another had came, amen, and laid upon them as cloven tongues of fire. Friend, I want you to know, you may be here tonight and you seem like God is falling away from you. If you will turn to him, you will feel again the powerful presence of God. And revival doesn't just come with the presence of God, but it also comes with the power of God. He said in verses 30 and 31, he says, when I show up, now listen, friend, I know this is prophetic. I know this part has not happened yet on the prophetic calendar. But listen, friend, when God shows up, things amazing happens. 
Amazing things happen when God shows up. One day, the Bible says, there will be wonders in heaven. There will be wonders in the earth. There will be blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned in the darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. Oh, listen, that just tells you that when God shows up, things don't stay the same. <laughs> Amen. Can I tell you something? When revival truly happens, when God fulfills His promise of revival, things will not stay the same. And can I tell you something that when you look up in the sky and you go looking for a yellow sunbeam up there and you see a bloody moon and you see all this dark, listen, you're going to know something has changed. Can I tell you when the true revival comes to the house of God, the world's going to look at that place down there in Sandusky and say there is something that has changed over there. Yeah. The power of God the presence of God and the glorious reward of the pardon of God. How did all of this start? God said, repent. Amen. Repent. Amen. Turn to me from your apathy. Turn to me from your complacency. Turn to me from your idolatry. Turn to me. And God says, oh, I like this. He said, Brother James, whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm a whosoever. Hallelujah, I'm a whosoever. Charles Spurgeon said this, and I started to quote it, but I thought I'd just paraphrase it anyway. He said, you may read somewhere where Charles Spurgeon was delivered. He said, you know what I'll do? He said, I'll get in a phone book or I'll look in a directory and I'll try to find somebody. There might be more than one person named Charles Spurgeon and it might not have been me. It might have been him. That got... And listen, I'm always afraid it's not me. He said, oh, but in a whosoever. He said, that covers everybody. He said, you don't have to go looking if there's anybody got your name and maybe it was them because you are just a whosoever. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm glad I may not be much in the eyes of this world, but to God, I'm a whosoever. And God brings pardon. And tonight, the promise of revival still holds. God still promises revival to His people, but it starts with genuine, authentic repentance. Remember, guys, He's talking to His people. We take that today and make a contemporary application of it and we recognize this is what God's desiring from His people. The church, the saved of God, the believers. And He is calling us to repentance because we've become apathetic and we've become complacent and we have a lot of idolatry in our ranks and we have a lot of us. We put, we put forth a lot of show but He says the rending of the garments... I don't care about that. You know, don't show me. Don't put an outward show of religion, but rend your heart. Look at yourself and see the condition that you're in and rend your heart. Mourn and then call a fast. Blow the trumpet and get a gathering of people together. That's exactly what Pastor Gary did. Pastor Gary blew the trumpet 
And he has called a gathering to come this week. He's called a gathering of his people and he's invited, I'm sure, outside of this people. And you are here tonight and you don't even belong to this place, but you've come because through him God has called a gathering together and he is blowing a trumpet tonight and he says, look at yourself, guys. You need to weep. You need to mourn. You need to be broken and you need to rend your heart. If you do that, he says, I will restore what the devil has taken away from you. I will restore what your bad decisions have cost you. I will restore all of that and then you will have my presence and you will have my power and you will have my part. And I don't know about you now, but that is fantastic. Amen. Tonight God's blowing a trumpet. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? He's blowing it. Can you hear it? Can you tell I had that planned? Huh? Yeah, yeah. God is blowing the trump. What if that would have been the last trump? Are you ready right now? Are you ready right now? If that would have been the last trump, are you ready? All free and listen. I believe, I really believe God is wanting to fulfill His promise tonight. I really do. Yeah, I, I told you, I never read before where God promised to revive. I believe it now. I believe it. I just think as preachers we can learn stuff. Amen. I believe it. I believe God is promising His people revival. But it starts with repentance, guys. Genuine, true repentance. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.